Praise the Lord. Let's let's get rolling here. Okay. Oh, I want to start here. Oh, let me let's do this here first. Oh, remember your Bible's laid out just like a complete history book. I mean, it really is. It's beginning to end. Genesis to Revelation. Anyway, we're going to jump back down here this morning and pick up at the tail end of uh, the the life of of Jesus right here, and then go right into the book of Acts, the first part. So you'll see a slice of history here. Uh, all in one sequence. So let's take it from, uh, let me look here in Luke chapter 22. Uh, let's see, obviously here the Passover celebration, Luke chapter 22, verse 1, was, was drawing near the Jewish festival when only bread made without yeast is used. Now remember, that was not, oh, it's just, the reason for the no yeast, we found out, was because the children of Israel didn't have time to cook it. They had to get out of from Pharaoh. They were run out of Egypt. That's why it was yeastless. It was not, well, it's, you know, no, they went right back to using yeast. Matter of fact, some of the sacrifices God had asked, told them to use for under, under Moses, it had to have yeast in it. Some was not. So it's not a medical thing or whatever. Oh, oh you can't have no sugar in it. Sugar, honey, oh, it's bad for you. Oh, no, no, no. Keep reading. So anyway, notice this. The chief priests and other religious leaders were actively plotting Jesus' murder, trying to kill him. Well, we're going to skip right through this because they pulled it off, didn't they? But remember, it was all a plan. The Lord uh, uh, had all this set up. You know, okay, so let's see where we get to. Yeah, they said, we don't need any further witnesses. We've heard him say it. What did he say? Matter of fact, look what they asked him here at the last part of Luke chapter 22. Early the next morning, you know, uh, the, the Jewish council, they instructed whether he, they asked whether he claimed to be the Messiah. He said, if I tell you, you won't believe me or let me present my case. But the time soon is coming when I, the Messiah, will be enthroned by Almighty God. Well, they ripped their clothes. Oh, blasphemy. That's what they wanted. But, you know, on the flip side, whoops, he was. So here we go. The next part is here with, is with Pilate. So here they are. They turn him over to Pilate. Pilate tried to free him. He knew these rascals were doing it on purpose. So anyway, here we come down here. Uh, okay, they got it. He's being crucified right here. I uh, thought this was interesting. The great crowds trailed along behind him in verse 27 of chapter 23. Many grief-stricken women. Well, okay, but look what Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh said. He turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and your children. For the days are coming when the women who have no children will be counted fortunate indeed. Mankind will beg the mountains to fall on them and crush them and the hills to bury them. For if such things are done to me, uh, the living tree. Look what he says. The living tree. Wow. What will they do to you? Well, okay. Now remember he told them he was going to be raised on the third day. He's, he gets, he's, he's crucified between two criminals and he says, Father, forgive them. Okay. The soldiers are gambling over dirty clothes. No, he had some nice clothes. Man, Ralph Lauren or whatever he had. They were, and these were Roman soldiers. I don't want that Jewish stuff. Yeah. Well, something about Jesus. Well, I tell you. Okay, notice this. Look what the crowd was saying. You know, these were, these were Jewish leaders that did it on purpose. Notice what they said. He was so good at helping others. Hello. And he helps you and I too, doesn't he? He was so good. Now, they thought they were throwing this in his teeth. They said, let's see him save himself if he's really God. Well, he did. Three days later, he came. Man. But anyway, the soldiers mocked him. They gave him sour wine to drink. And they were saying, hey, if you're the king of Jews, why don't you come down? Notice what the criminals did. One of the criminals beside him scoffed, so you're the Messiah. Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. 
Look what this guy said. The other pro- pilgr- oh, the pilgr- the other criminal protests, don't you indeed fear God when you're dying? We deserve to die for our deeds. This man hadn't done one thing wrong. Then look what he says. And he's, getting, he's dying in a few minutes. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Not Jesus could have said, that's no way. You didn't live your life right. You didn't do this. You didn't. No, we just got through singing that song, Are You Washed in the Blood? Didn't say, have you been good? Have you been in church all your life? Have you been married to the same woman all your life? Have you never made a mistake? No. Are you washed in the blood? Here we go. So what he says. Jesus replied, today, look at this, you will be with me in paradise. God, the things people say. I mean, we hear, look at this. He said, uh, this is a solemn promise. Is that what the King James says? Well, here, we'll just quote it. Truly, truly. Why does Jesus have to say truly? He's declaring this is true. It is a solemn promise. Okay. Uh, Now it was noon. Look at this. Think about this. Some people say, well, it was an eclipse. It was an eclipse. It was total lights out. Just like uh, Pharaoh in the the ninth or tenth, no, whatever, one of those plagues. It was darkness all over the land. (sighs) Let's see. Back up. Where was it? Right there? Here we go. So by now it was noon. Darkness fell across the whole land for three hours till three o'clock. Wouldn't that have been freaky? The light from the sun was gone, and a thick and the suddenly the thick veil hanging in the temple. Remember that was the holy of holies, where the ark of the covenant was. The mercy seat, those two angels, golden angels, and in the ark of the covenant they had a you know had the ten commandments in it, whatever. That veil broke. Okay, then Jesus shouted, "Father, I commit my spirit to you." And with those words, he died. Look at this. When the captain of the remember this is history. Why do they write this down? This was really, remember, crowds and crowds of people were here because it was Passover. The Roman captain, anyway, the captain of the Roman military unit handling the execution saw what happened. He was stricken with awe before God and said, surely this guy was innocent. In other words, I think we blew it here. Something happened here. What else happened here? When the crowd came to see the crucifixion, saw that Jesus was dead, they now went home in deep sorrow. Okay, notice there was a lot of women. They watched. Then this guy was real bold, Joseph, a member of the Jewish Supreme Court, but he wasn't part of their stupid activities. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. He was a godly man expecting the Messiah to come. He had not agreed with the decision and actions of the Jewish leaders. He took down Jesus' body, wrapped it in a long linen cloth, now, Nicodemus was with him, we see in the other, and they put him in a, a, a tomb hewn in the rock at the side of the hill. This was done late Friday. Now, they basically, they, they, he was embalmed, and they weren't done with the process. They were going to put some more, but he had concrete that night. Okay. As the body was taken away, the women from the Galilee uh, followed and saw, saw it carried into the tomb. Then they went home, prepared spices and ointments to embalm him. But by the time they were finished, it was a Sabbath. Okay, so it was like Friday, Saturday, Sabbath. Okay, so they rested all that day as required by the Jewish law. All right, here we go. Boom, that's where I wanted to get to today. But very early on Sunday morning, they took the ointments to the tomb. And they found that the huge stone covered, covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in, but the Lord Jesus' body was gone. They stood there puzzled, trying to think what could have happened to it. Suddenly, wow, two men appeared to them, clothed in shining robes, so bright their eyes were dazzled. Now that's the story all through Genesis, all the way through the Bible. These guys are just glowing. Jesus was glowing on the Mount of Transfiguration one time. They got up there, it was on Mount whatever. But anyway, all of a sudden his clothes started glowing. 
In the book of Acts in chapter 7, Stephen, chapter 6, Stephen started glowing the same way. Anyway, they were puzzled. Uh, okay, so the women were terrified and they bowed before them. Now look what this angel says. Then the men asked, why are you looking in a tomb for someone who's alive? Hidden here, he's come back to life again. Don't you remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Messiah must be betrayed into the power of evil men and be crucified and that he would rise again the third day? Then they remembered and they rushed back to Jerusalem. Now what are they doing? To tell the 11 disciples. Remember one's missing, Judah, okay. So the women went to the, so anyway, it says the women, look at the history. The women who went to the tomb were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James and several others. But the story sounded like a fairy tale to the men. They didn't believe it. However, now John records this story too. Peter ran to the tomb to look. Stooping in, he peered in and saw, look at that, the empty linen wrappings. So what did they do? Steal Jesus naked? There ain't no way. I mean, come on. We're going to take his body, but we want him naked. No way. Those things were like a cocoon, and he come out of it. Oh, anyway. Then he went back home again, wondering what happened. That same day, Sunday, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the, uh, uh, to the village of Emmaus, seven miles outside of Jerusalem. See the history? That same day, this is all the same day. As they walked along, they were talking of Jesus' death. When suddenly, Jesus himself uh, came along and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't recognize him, for God kept him from it. They didn't know it was Jesus. Look what Jesus says. You seem to be in deep discussion about something. He said, what are you concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. One of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the terrible things that happened there last week. What things? The things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth. He was a prophet who did incredible miracles and was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and man. And the chief priests and our religious leaders, they arrested him and handed him over to the Roman government to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. We thought he was the glorious Messiah and had come to rescue Israel. Well, he did. But see, they thought it was, let's overthrow Rome, you know, type thing. And oh my gosh, aren't you so glad it wasn't to overthrow Rome? Because we would still be stuck today going, I wonder if God really loves me. But the whole thing was about Jesus does love you and he's holy. And the only way for us to get there, actually, the book of Romans is so good. The only way for us to have, to be right is to have no laws to break. (laughs) Because we're going to break them, you know. Do you know Jesus is still a high priest, which Im- implies you're still going to have some troubles. And he'll always be there. He's al- the blood's already there for your mistakes. All this goody two-shoe stuff is out the windows. You're never going to get there. Okay. Uh, these things happened to Jesus. Oh, we read that part. Okay, let's see. Uh, we had thought he was the glorious Messiah. We got that. Look at this. And now, besides all this, this was three days ago. And something to listen to this. And they said, some women from our group, his followers, were at the tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report that his body was missing. And that they had seen some angels there who told them, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see. And sure enough, Jesus' body was gone, just as the women said. Then Jesus, remember, he's, in, he's incognito here. They don't know it. You're such foolish and foolish people. You're, you find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. And that's all this stuff we keep looking at in the Old Testament. Wasn't it clearly predicted by those prophets that the Messiah would suffer all these things before entering into his time of glory? Then Jesus, look at this, he quoted from them passage after passage from the writings of the prophets, beginning at the book of, well, that's a fairy tale book, 
Genesis, right on through the scriptures explaining the, what the passages meant and what they said about it. Now, by this time, they, they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey. Remember, it's just a seven-mile walk. How long would it take you to walk seven miles? Maybe two hours, whatever. Jesus would have gone on, but they begged him to stay the night. And it was getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he asked God's blessing on the food. Wow. Uh, and he took a small loaf, look what he did, and he broke it and it was passing it over them when suddenly it was as though their eyes were open. They recognized him and at that moment, he disappeared. They began telling each other how their hearts felt strangely warm as he talked with them and explained the scriptures during the walk down the road. Within the hour, boy, they did an about face. Here they go. They were on their way back to Jerusalem where the 11 disciples and the other followers of Jesus greeted them. Look what they said with these words. The Lord is really risen. He's appeared to Peter. Now Peter has seen him. Oh my gosh. Then the two from Emmaus told their story, how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they recognized him as he was breaking bread. And as they were telling, see the time frame? It's still just been that day. He's already, the angels showed up for the women. Road to Emmaus, he showed up. He's already seen him. Peter's already seen him. And look, while they're talking about this, uh-oh. Look at all the wonderful things we're going to see here. Watch this. As they were telling it, Jesus himself suddenly standing there among them greeted them. Now, if I was reading this for the first time, I'm still putting two and two together myself. I'm like, well, I've seen some movies. It's probably, uh, it's probably a ghost. Oh, really? Look what happens. This ghost is fixing to eat. Jesus is a vegetarian. Uh, he's fixing to munch on some fish here. He's also going to have something to drink. While the whole group was terribly frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost, why are you frightened, Jesus said. Why do you doubt that it's really I? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Remember, he told Thomas, stick your hand in that hole right there, buddy. And Thomas goes, oh, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Or he said, you believe because you've seen me. Why do you doubt it's really I? Look at my hand. Look at my feet. You can see it's I, myself. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. <laughs> can you imagine that? This is the last chapter of Luke. Okay. For ghosts don't have bodies as you see me have. See, one day when you pass away, you're going to have a resurrected body too. It's going to look just like you. Jesus had to say, yeah, you do know it's me, right? Okay. As he spoke, look at this. He held out his hands. Oh, my gosh. For them to see the marks of the nails and he showed them the wounds in his feet. They still stood undecided, filled with joy and doubt. And then he, look at that. He says, hey, I'm hungry. You got anything here to eat? That's what most people do. If I come to your house, hey, what you got to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. They were still, ah, ah. When I was with you before, don't you remember my telling you everything written about me by Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must all come true? Then he opened their minds to understand at last these many scriptures and he says, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. And that this message of salvation hmm, should be taken, look at this, should be taken from Jerusalem, look at this, to all nations. It's not just Jews, look at this. For there's forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. You have seen these prophecies come true. He says, now I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon you, just as my Father promised. Don't begin telling others yet. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them out along the road to Bethany. And lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And he began rising into the sky and went on to heaven. 
And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem filled with mighty joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Okay, so we got that history right here. Let's pick up with that same story here and let's get it right here in Acts chapter chapter, uh, 1. Same guy who wrote that wrote this here. Dear friend who loves God, in my first letter, the one we just read, I told you about Jesus' life and teaching and how he returned to heaven after giving his chosen disciples further instructions from the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, actually alive. Well, we didn't see that because he was eaten. We have a story in the end of the book of John where Jesus is on the bank and the disciples were in a boat out there and he hollers out, they don't know it's Jesus. Hey, y'all catch anything? And they said, nah. He says, throw on the right side. So they threw on the right side and they had so many fish. And then John says, it's Jesus. And Peter jumped in the water to see him. Okay, anyway. In many ways that it was really him they were seeing. On these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. In one of these meetings, he told them not to leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them in fulfillment of my father's promise, a matter he had previously discussed with them. Remember, John baptized with water. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, actually, here he says it. John baptized with water. He reminded them, but you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Another time when he appeared to them, they asked, Well, Lord, are you going to free us from Israel, from Rome? I mean, free Israel from Rome right now and restore to us as an independent nation? Man, our kingdom is so much greater than this. I mean, mean, that's going to happen. But anyway, the Father sets those dates. And they're not for you to know, but when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, you'll receive power to testify about me with great effect to the people in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Look at that, to the ends of the earth. That's where you and I are. The gospel works for all of us. About my resurrection and death. It was not long afterward, here he goes, he rose in the sky and disappeared into a cloud, leaving them staring after him. As they were straining their eyes for a glimpse, suddenly, here's these two guys again, or two other ones, two white men, Two white-robed men standing, uh, standing there among them. And they said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring at the sky? Jesus has gone away. Look at this. Someday, just as he went, he will return. Well, they were at the Mount of Olives when this happened. So now they walked back the half mile to Jerusalem. And they had a prayer meeting in an upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here's a list. Ah, they're making this stuff up. They just made that up. This is a white man's religion, you know. And if they hadn't had slaves, the black people wouldn't have it, you know. Baloney. Mm-mm. Here's a list of all that were there. Peter, James, John. If you'll notice, these are the 11 disciples. Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, called the zealot. Judas, the son of James. He's another Judas. And, the, and look at this. And the brothers of Jesus were there. So they finally figured this thing out. Okay, here we go. All right, look at this. Several women, including Jesus' mother, were also there. This prayer meeting went on for several days. So now we know the time frame now. We already saw six weeks already. Now we got uh, several days added to this. During this time, on a day when about 120 people were there, Peter stood up and he said this. Hey, brothers, it was necessary for the scriptures to come true concerning Judas, who betrayed Jesus by guiding the mob to him. Remember that? Hey, he betrayed him with with a kiss. Remember that? For this was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through... Now, this guy didn't exist either. (laughs) Yeah, he did. King David. Judas was one of us, chosen to be an apostle as we were. He bought a field with the money he received from his treachery and falling down headfirst, he burst open, spilling his bowels. Apparently, he killed himself somehow or died, whatever. The news of his death 
See, everybody knew this. The traitor spread rapidly among the people in Jerusalem. They named the place the Field of Blood. Why don't you just call it he had an accident? No, they knew what this guy had done. King David's prediction of this matter appears in the book of Psalms. We have this, where he says, let, another, let his home become desolate with no one living in it, and again, let his work be given to someone else to do. So, we must now choose someone else to take Judas's place and join us as witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. Let's select someone who's been with us constantly from the first association with the Lord and from the time he was baptized by John until the day was taken from us into heaven. The assembly nominated two guys, you know, Joseph Justice, also called Bersabbas, and Matthias. Now they prayed, they all prayed uh, for the right man to be chosen, and they just tossed some coins or whatever. Oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which man you've chosen as the apostle to replace Judas the traitor who has gone to his proper place. All right. They drew straws. Okay, they drew straws. And uh, Matthias was chosen. Okay, so now they got 12. Boom, still going. Remember, this is Acts. It's called, this is what happened right after Jesus. Died. Several weeks, had, seven weeks had gone by since Jesus' death. See, we've got time for him now. Seven weeks ago, whoo, road to Emmaus. Jesus standing there. Okay. And the day of Pentecost had now arrived. That was just a Jewish feast. Okay, they had, there was six of them you had to be at every year. As the believers met together there that day, suddenly there was a sound like a roaring of a mighty windstorm in the sky. This is like a doggone tornado, okay? Okay? And it filled the house where they were meeting. Then it looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on their heads. Remember, the angels were glowing. Now, in this situation here, everybody, all these 120, who are however many that was there, uh, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages they didn't know for the Holy Spirit gave them, let's see, hang on a second, for the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, we don't, we don't need to be surprised at this. Now, remember when Saul was chasing David, he wanted to kill him. And he sent 50 guys to go have David arrested. And when they got there, the 50 soldiers got around these 50 prophets. And a prophet is not a prophet on his own. He doesn't go, you know, I'm going to just guess and see if there's a guy named Hitler going to be here one day. I'm just going uh, to guess. No, it was an ability that was given to them. They just, and that's why they were called prophets. They, they, they knew what the Lord wanted them to say. Same thing going on right here. And just because it's a language that you don't understand, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything at all. It was just part, it's, it's just a sign is all it is. And believe you me, this tornado sounded noise and this sign here shook the whole place up. Watch what happened. Many godly Jews were in Jerusalem that day for the religious celebration having arrived from many nations. Let me, let me back up one more thing right here. It said when they were, they were uh, okay, they were all speaking with other, with other tongues and they, uh, languages they didn't know. Remember when John the Baptist's dad, when he got his tongue back, you know, he said, you ain't going to be able to talk until you have this kid. You know, the angel said. All of a sudden, when his tongue came back, the Bible said he was filled with the Spirit, and he went on about a 30-verse prophecy. And it was not even about his son. It was about Jesus. Okay. So anyway, when they heard the roaring in the skies and the huge crowds came running over, CNN brought in their cameras. I mean, it's basically, you know. They're trying to explain whatever fake news. Watch this. They were, they were stunned to hear their own languages being spoken by people who didn't even live in those countries. How can this be? For these men, if these men are all from Galilee, they're all Alabama fans. How why do all of a sudden switch and start saying War Eagle? You know, something's up. Okay. We hear them speaking all the native languages of the lands we were born. Here we are. Remember, it's, this is a Passover, not Passover, but well, it just happened. It's uh, six weeks after that, another one. Pentecost. Oh, 
Uh, it's it's just a. It's it's the Pentecost was it was a celebration for the harvest type thing take place. Okay. We are we hear the Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, Mississippi State, you know, Ole Miss, Georgia, you know. You get the picture, these are people from different places. Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, all Asia Minor, good grief. From Egypt, Cyrene languages, Libby, visitors from Rome, both Jews and Jewish converts, Cretans, Romans. Look at this. We all hear these men telling in our own languages about the mighty miracles of God. Now I don't want to miss this part right here, but you know, you always deserve a miracle. Don't quit your praying until you get your miracle. Anyway, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But the others in the crowd, they, ah, they're drunk. Boy, they sure were technically correct being drunk. That's, that's a good one. Peter stepped forward with the 11 disciples and shouted to the crowd, hey, listen to you, visitors. All you uh, residents of Rome alike, re- residents of Jerusalem alike, notice this. Jesus already told them, it ain't going to be you who talk. It's going to be the voice of your father. Look what the Lord did through Peter right here. Some of you are saying this is, these guys are drunk. Look how smart this is. That isn't true. It's much too, oh, we don't touch it. We never touch it. That's not what he said. He said it's just a mite bit early. (laughs) People don't get drunk at 9 a.m. No. What you see this morning, here we go back to the Bible. Oh, he's going to tell you where it is. Predicted centuries ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, and you can go, Joel is a short book. Half a cup of coffee and you're already done with it. It's like two pages. <laughs> and we ought to know it. Okay. In the last days, I'll pour up my Holy Spirit upon, look at that, all mankind. Boy, thank God it's us too. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's what they were doing. The mighty miracles of God. Yes, the Holy Spirit shall come upon all my servants, men and women alike. Oh, but I'm not listening. It's only for a few special people. No, it's not. Everybody. They'll prophesy. Just like Saul was coming after David, he had to go himself, and he got wrapped up in it. And they said, is Saul a prophet? He was laying there naked. We don't do that at church. We keep our clothes on. And I will cause strange demonstrations in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and smoke, clouds of smoke. The sun will be turned black and the moon red blood before that awesome day of the Lord arrives. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, my God. This was the reason for the whole thing. You know, Jesus loves you. Look at that. Look at that verse. But anyone, and he's still quoting from Joel, anyone, even your loser, cousin, uncle, niece, nephew, whoever they are, if they'll just, like you say, they're wrestling on the floor and you remember how to get out? We'll say today, you tap out, you know. Or you say uncle. That's when I grew up. Hey, say uncle. Say uncle. (laughs) Uncle. All right. Anyone who asks for mercy from the Lord shall have it and shall be saved. That's what that guy being crucified said. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, you'll be in paradise. It's just too good to be true. No, it ain't. It's the facts. That's the reason we sang, are you washed in the blood? Didn't say, are you good? Does, did you impress the Lord so he can take you to heaven? No. You're not ever going to impress. Look at this. Old men of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing tremendous miracles through him, as you well know. But God, following his prearranged plan, let you use the Roman government to nail him to the cross and murder him. Then God released him from the horrors of death, brought him back to life again, for death couldn't keep this man in its grip. King David quoted Jesus. Oh, God, here we go. Do you mean it was in the scriptures? Yeah. 
I know the Lord is with me. This is like Psalm 19 or 18. I have to go look it up. I know the Lord is with me. He's helping me. God's mighty power supports me. And I want to hold on just a second here. That's some stuff that's good for today, isn't it? I know the Lord's always with me. Look at that. It's like the Lord is my shepherd. He's helping me. Yeah, praise God. His mighty power supports me. That's why you have to watch yourself. Make sure you're not reading books about the Bible. Keep a steady diet of the Bible. Don't, let, don't Google the Bible unless you're Googling a scripture. And then even then you better make sure they didn't switch it on you. Doggone rascals. You know. Anyway, he goes on and says, No wonder, this is David still writing here. No wonder my heart is filled with joy and my tongue shouts his praises for I know that all will be with me in death. Look at this. You will not leave my soul in hell or let the body of your holy son decay. Now there's the resurrection. Because Peter, excuse me, David wasn't talking about himself. Because David's body decayed. You will give me life again and, and give me wonderful joy in your presence. Now, dear brothers, think. David wasn't referring to himself when he, quote, when he spoke these words I've quoted. For he died and was buried. His tomb, is, his tomb is still with us today. Okay? But he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an unbreakable oath that one of David's own descendants would be the Messiah and sit on David's throne. David was looking far into the future and predicting the Messiah's resurrection, saying that, but look at that, the Messiah's soul would not be left in hell and his body would not decay. Man, that's hard to swallow. He shouldn't have said decay. Then we could just say, well, you just, you just chose that verse because that could be for anybody. Nuh-uh. When he just said his body wasn't going to decay, uh-oh. Who the heck is he talking about? He was speaking of Jesus, and we are witnesses that Jesus rose from the dead. And now he sits at the highest honor in heaven next to God, just as appointed. The Father gave him this authority to send the Holy Spirit, and with the results you're seeing and hearing today. No, David was not speaking of himself with these words I have quoted, for he never ascended into the skies. Moreover, he further stated that uh, God spoke to my Lord, the Messiah, and said, Sit here in honor beside me. Until I bring your enemies in complete subjection. See, wouldn't that be strange? We, we have Solomon had a glorious throne, didn't he? It was solid ivory and had a lion on the front and a lion on the front down here. And I think it had another lion up here. But there wasn't an extra chair there for God. But remember the story? There actually was a chair. You know who sat there? Bathsheba, his mama. She's a loser. Well, if she's a loser, Solomon should be a loser. What's he doing on the throne? Sinners. <laughs> We're all sinners. Even when Solomon, we would have got to it today, when Solomon dedicated that beautiful temple, he makes this statement, when we've sinned, and he goes, and who hasn't? <laughs> we've all sinned. But we always like to say, wow. Even if, even if we don't want to act like a Pharisee, we'll treat ourselves like a Pharisee. Richard, why do you say? I'm, Richard's talking to Richard. Why, uh, why? I mean, Richard, you know, you could be better. You could be a better Christian, you know. And I'm not going to listen to those voices. I'm going to listen to Jesus. I have no other hope but Jesus. Watch this. Okay. Therefore, I clearly state to everyone in Israel that God has made Jesus, made this Jesus you crucified to be the Lord, the Messiah. Wow. With these words, Peter moved them deeply. And they said to him and to the other apostles, well, what do we do? Well, Jesus said, each one of you must turn from sin and return to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness, for the forgiveness of your sins. Look at that. And then you'll receive this gift. Wow. For Christ promised him to each of you who has been called by the Lord and to your children, even to those, look at that, in distant lands. 
But you know, as you read the, through the, the book of Acts, they had trouble thinking, I didn't know the Gentiles were going to get saved. <laughs> but Peter had blurted it out of his mouth just like the Lord already said. This is for everybody. Then Peter preached a long sermon, sermon telling them about Jesus and strongly urging all his listeners to save themselves from the evils of their nation. And those who believed Peter were baptized, about 3,000. Well, they had 120. Now we got 3,000. All right. And they joined uh, the other believers in regular attendance. And the apostles teach in sessions at the, in, at the communion services and prayer meetings. La da 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 da. Okay. A deep sense of awe was on them all. The apostles, look at that. Oh, wait, I thought it all quit. No, it's still going on. All the believers met constantly, shared everything with each other. Selling their possessions, dividing them with those in need. Boy, and they regularly came to the temple. They met in small, groom, small groups and homes for communion. Hey, we've all done that. Yeah, and keep it up. They shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness. Now, where's all the sadness? There's not any. We're not supposed to be sad. If we're sad, you ought to be praying, asking for the Lord. The whole city was favorable to them. And each day, God added to them all that were being saved. Now, I'm going to stop here, but we're going to get one more. Peter and John. Now, it ain't been but six. Remember, it's only been six weeks since Jesus was gone. Okay? Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer meeting. As they approached the temple, they saw a lame man. Why do we need this for? Whoa, hold on. You might have knee troubles, leg troubles, whatever. He was lame from birth. Well, that's... God gave us medical science. Oh, please. God gave us Jesus the Messiah. We got to start believing there's holes in his hands. There's a hole in his side. There's holes in his feet. And he's going to take you to heaven one day. They carried him along the street. They laid him by the temple gate called the beautiful gate. And as you remember all the structure of the temple, there was about, we had temple guards. There was gates everywhere. Okay. As was his custom every day, Peter and John were passing by. He asked them for some money. They looked at him intently and Peter said, look here. Did you see Peter ask for permission from the Lord here? Did he say, well, is it time to do a miracle? No. This just comes along with it. Jesus said, you'll lay hands on sick and shall recover. Moses already found out from what well, the Lord told them. He said, none of the diseases of the Egyptians will come on you. I'm the Lord, your healer. Wow. You're never going to have a miscarriage. <laughs> Richard, that's fairy tales. That's what Jesus said. Your cows won't. Your dogs won't. I know it's incredible, but look at the resurrection. That's incredible. Here we go. He said, look here. Well, the lame man looked. At, he said, oh, okay, they're going to give me some money. Peter said, we don't have any money for you, but I'll give you something else. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Now, let's just act like we were there, okay? Then Peter took the lame man by the hand, pulled him to his feet. As he did, the lame man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened so that he came up with a leap and stood there for a moment. Remember, he never had walked. And then he began walking. Then walking and leaping, and he's going nuts here. And he went to the temple with him. He's still bouncing around like a yo-yo. I would too. Like that little fawn I was talking about. They find out they got legs. Good grief, they're flying around. All the people inside, they saw him walking and heard him praising God. They realized he was the lame beggar. So often at the beautiful gate, they were in, in expressly surprised. Now they all rushed out to Solomon's hall. Now we're going to watch. This, God used this to tell us about our salvation. They all rushed to Solomon's hall. Who's Solomon? We know who he is as David's kid. Where he was holding tightly to Peter and John. Everyone stood there awed by the wonderful thing that had happened. 
Hey, Mama, look. No, I ain't got time to play my video game. Ah, you were glued to this. You thought, I cannot. Was that guy, was he ever lame? <laughs> yeah, he was lame. Probably was a good sport, too. You know, when you came by, he probably talked to you, having a good day. I can't get up, but are you having a good day? Don't worry about my legs. At least I'm alive. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Let's see what he said. Men of Israel, what's so surprising about this? Yeah. If you're not feeling good some morning, you need to say the same thing. You know, praise the Lord. Lord, this is normal for you. Please help me this morning. I feel sick in my stomach. Oh, I need your mercy. Help me out here. Okay. And why look on us as though we by our own power and godliness made this man to walk? Well, that's the Bible Belt right there. It's all about us. Well, that preacher is such a goody, goody, good that God uses him because he prays all night. Don't go there. You're not going to earn the miracles. You're not going to make them happen. If you want a miracle, you just pray. That's all you do. Ask the Lord for it. There's a picture of it, Revelation 3.20. All you got to do is ask. He didn't say, well, if you paint that door, if, well, I to paint the door and, you know, tell me how much you love me every day. Promise to be a good boy. Look what he says. Not by our own power or godliness. This, we made this man. Look at this. For it is, look how far back he goes, the God of Abraham, whoo, Isaac and Jacob and all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus Christ by doing this. I refer to Jesus whom you rejected. <laughs> you know, see, they all knew. Look at that. Look at that. Isn't that history? They rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's determination to release him. Man, I tell you what, remember Pilate's wife had a dream. Said, sweetheart, don't have nothing to do with this guy. I promise. We're probably going to see all these guys in heaven. You didn't want him freed, the holy and righteous one. Instead, you demanded the release of a murderer. Remember who that guy was? What was his name? Barabbas. You killed, look at that, the author of life. Where are these words coming from? Remember, Peter's on a roll. But God brought him back to life again. And John and I are witnesses. They, they saw it. John at the tomb, Peter saw and believed is what it says in John chapter 21, something like that. Uh, after you killed him, we saw him alive. Jesus' name. Now look at this. Wonder if that, wonder if we have his name. Has anybody got his name? That must be spiritual. Of course you got his name. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the what? In the blood, you know. And then we got songs about the name. I was trying to sing one about the name. In the name of Jesus. Look at that. Jesus' name has healed this man. And you know how lame he was before faith. Look at this. Faith in Jesus' name. Faith God has given us has caused this. Look at that. Perfect healing. I just wrap this up here. We're about done. Dear brothers, I realize what you did to Jesus was done in ignorance. And the same can be said of your leaders. But God was fulfilling prophecies that the Messiah must suffer all these things. Now change your mind and heart toward God. And turn to him, so look at that, so that he can cleanse away your sins and send you wonderful times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Where's all that coming from? A daily Jesus. Are you trusting daily in, his, in the Savior's power? And Jesus, you're my son. Look at that. Let me get all this right. Now change your mind and heart and attitude to God. Turn to Him so that He can cleanse away your sins and send you wonderful times of refreshment. Look at that. It's not a one-time thing. He'll send you wonderful times of refreshment from the presence of the Lord. Remember the psalmist said, in the presence of the Lord is what? Fullness of... No, fullness of joy. 
and send Jesus, your Messiah, back to you again. He's coming. He's coming back. He's coming back for us. For he must remain. Look at this. Look at this fact. He's going to remain in heaven. Now think this through for a moment. He's got to remain in heaven until the final recovery of all things from sin. You know what one of those things of recovery from sin are? Is Laura, is Myrna, Bob, Janet, everybody in here, Dominique, Caleb, me, you know, Paula. He looked in the future and said, no, we're going to keep this thing going because I've got to get Richard. I've got to get Bob. I've got to get Paula. Praise God. Anyway, Moses, for instance, said a long time ago, the Lord will raise up a prophet. He did say that. Who will resemble me. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Anyone who will not listen shall be utterly destroyed. Samuel, oh, we heard him. Yeah, five, six hundred years after Moses. Samuel and every prophet since all spoken about what is going on today. That's the end of it right here. You are the children. Now it keeps going, but we're going to stop here. You are the children of those prophets and are included in God's promise to your ancestors. Look at this. To bless the entire world for the Jewish race. That is the promise God gave to Abraham. And as soon as God brought his servant to life again, he sent him first of all to the men of Israel to bless you by turning you back from your sins. Now what he means by that is not me. Well, if I make a mistake, I guess it's over with. No, you, you have a high priest. Your sins were going to go with you to the grave. Remember Jesus said, if you don't believe I'm the Messiah, you're going to die in your sins. Mm. But when we believe Jesus is the Messiah, we're not going to die in our sins. I mean, they're gone. Praise the Lord. They're gone. Praise God. Let me stop right here. Revelation 7. I saw four angels. No, that's not it. Uh, it's five, excuse me. Okay. John is in heaven. This is in heaven, okay? He saw a scroll in the right hand of somebody, okay? And remember, they couldn't find anybody in heaven to open it. Man. Then he started to, gr- to cry. Then one of the guys up there, could have been Peter, whatever, who knows. He said, hey, stop crying. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's going to open it. I looked and saw a lamb. Now look at the description. Standing before the 24 elders in front of the throne, the living beings... On the lamb were wounds that had once caused his death. Why do they keep bringing this up? Because we're washed in that blood. Praise God. My goodness. Well, we got to stop. Let me see right here. Look at that. Look at this. We'll stop right here. Look at this. Uh, look what it said. They defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. For they didn't love their they, anyway. They, they didn't love their lives, but they laid them down for him. Wow! And then it says, "Man, the devil's all pissed. he's all ticked off because why? He knows he ain't got much time left." <laughs> but anyway, we're all we're free. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you for the history. Hallelujah! What happened? And we just appreciate you being there. So, Father, if we're not feeling good today, we know you take care of that. We watched you take care of this lame guy. Praise the Lord. And we're not supposed to be surprised by that. Praise the Lord. We always want to give glory to you. So, Lord, <laughs> may there be glory to you. Keep all our bodies functioning well today, Lord. Hallelujah. Same thing's true financially. May there be glory to you. Take care of us all financially. And if we've got a problem, and we didn't even talk about this morning, but it's just some problem heavy on our heart, no matter what it is. We thank you you'll get us out of that. And that doesn't leave anything left for us to show our own acts of the Lord in our life as we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. Yeah, glory.